You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Well, we inch closer and closer to number 11, Texas, visiting number three, Alabama at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And here to lead off the show is the voice of the Crimson Tide, Eli Gold. Appreciate you taking a moment or two out of your day to spend with us on Big Noon Sports. Eli, how are you doing? And how do you think it went last Saturday night? I'm doing well, thank you. And uh, things went well because Alabama won big. (laughs) And uh, our broadcast was okay. Uh, You know, other than that first touchdown, uh, during which I had a a frog in my throat. I think he took up residence on a lily pad in my throat or something. (laughs) But other than that, uh, everything went well. It was a good broadcast. I was satisfied. Uh, and and it's like uh, anything. It's like the players. Once you get a few hits, uh, it's it's the next event. And for me too. Once I got on the air and got to talking, uh, it was the best medicine I could have had, Matt. It really was. Eli, uh, how was the, how, I listened to a lot of it, and I thought Tyler fit in marvelously. Um, of course, you're not going to beat up on your partner, of course, but uh, just assess what uh, Tyler Watts contributed to the broadcast last night. I mean, last night. Well, he right? contributed a lot. You know, number one, he, he's just like John Parker and like Snake, you know, and, and Phil. They've been there and done that and at the quarterback spot. So there's a, a knowledge of the game that, you know, I can study till the cows come home. I will never know football with the intimacy that those guys do. You know, you can study and study and study. But, you know, he was really, really good. Interestingly, he was not as verbose as some of my previous color men have been. He says what he has to say, and then he hushed up. Uh, And I mentioned to him at one point, you know, feel free to expand upon that. Uh, You know, we we worked on a couple of things that we, you know, I don't think we talked over each other more than one time, which was very, very good. Uh, because we did have a little talking over each other during the scrimmages that we practiced on. Uh, so I was pleased with that element of the presentation. And, uh, you know, a couple little things here and there as we went, you know, fitting in the commercials and the live reads. I mean, more technical radio stuff, more than, you know, anything to do with football. So I was really pleased with, uh, with the job he did, and he's only going to get better and better as he goes. Eli, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, if I were to write a sure. story, if I were so, if I were to write a story on your comeback, um, I would probably lead with the scene of you walking into the stadium. What what were you feeling? Was it emotional? Uh, did you have interaction with fans? And you know, just riding the elevator up to up to the press box. Just kind of take us back and, and describe what was going through your your mind. Well. Pulling in, of course, I get there very early. You know, we were on the air three hours before kick. Uh, I was probably there five hours before kickoff, but that's just me. I'm always an early arriver. Um, And when I got out of the car and stood there and I had a couple of friends who rode with us and there was a crew from ESPN's College Game Day who uh, did a big piece on me that's going to air this weekend on game day. Uh, They were there. But uh, I had a few moments just to stand and and talk privately with my wife. 
uh, with Claudette just off to the side. I mean, it was she she warned me. She said, I'm going to be very emotional. And I I was, too. But, you know, I looked at her and, 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 you know, she said some things which were very nice. And and uh, she started tearing up. And, uh, you know, it, it meant a lot, man. You don't understand unless you've been through it. And maybe you have, Lars. But unless you've been through what we had been through, you can't understand the emotions of coming back. Uh, and so, you know, that was very, very emotional. Then uh, we walked in. And the funny thing is, uh, the last time I did a game at Brian Denny, they didn't have that perimeter around the stadium. So I made my way towards the old press entrance only to find out that I couldn't get in there anymore. Uh, so I had, I had to back up and uh, look, and, uh, and, and I, had, I, helped, I had a newspaper guy walking with us, Nick Kelly from the Tuscaloosa News, and I said, hey, can you look around the corner, see if there's any gates open over here? And we had gone past what was now the entrance, but I had never experienced it because, you know, like I said, when I did my last game at home, uh, they didn't have that security perimeter. Uh, so I had to learn how to get back in down there. Then we went upstairs, and it was so early, of course, uh, it was just us in the elevators, myself and, and Nick and the uh, four-man crew from uh, uh, ESPN's College Game Day. And uh, we got into an empty elevator and walked upstairs and uh, or rode up to the, you know, to the to the fifth floor and and went into the press box. And then, uh, you know, you might have seen the video. I don't know. I was uh, we walked. I walked into the press box and went down to our radio booth, only to encounter Tom Stipe coming out. He was heading to the men's room at that point, and we had a quick hi, how are you? Uh, and then Tom, of course, is our engineer and producer. Then I walked into the booth and I uh, banged on the window next to us because Chip Walters was already there, the play-by-play man from Middle Tennessee. And uh, Chip and I have had a relationship over the years. We've known each other for forever, seemingly. And uh, you know, so it was it was very much business-like. And then I sat down and laid out all my papers and my chart and got the spotting stuff ready and you know that kind of deal. So. It was, other than it being emotional to be back, Lars, it really was no different than any other game. Uh, I did the exact same thing I will do tomorrow, the exact same thing I do, you know, I did 10 years ago. Uh, when it works and when, when you're comfortable with doing something, you don't change it. But uh, there was just a lot of emotion. Uh, and yes, uh, I, I was greeted nicely throughout the course of the day by a lot of people uh you know good to have you back nice to see the fans some of the people in the press box you know uh the, the hot dog people i mean whoever it was they were people were very very kind in welcoming me back and um was it was it uh a different experience for you just uh once the game started did, what did you have butterflies more than usual or is it was it just like it you started. said yep yeah I, I did it did when it started i actually had more butterflies doing the first of the scrimmages uh as we've mentioned uh, we all got together and and brought out two closed 
scrimmages on a on a closed circuit basis. Nobody nobody heard it, but it was you know we did it, and I had more I had more butterflies going into that first scrimmage than I did going into the first game because I knew that I could do it. At that point, uh, I used those scrimmages to work on my on my air, if you will. That's you know your your your, your presentation and how you you know exhale and inhale and. And, and fill your lungs up for when for when you need it. Matt, you've done play-by-play, so you know what I'm talking about here. Uh, so I, I knew I could do it, and uh, so it was you know it was fine. It was it was good. Uh, I was disappointed in the first touchdown call because I I did have that frog in my throat, and it was just uh, probably one of the worst sounding calls of my life because I could couldn't get words out. I was coughing and choking and had nothing to do with anything other than I had a frog in my throat. Uh, but, you know, it happens. But, uh, yeah, everything went well. I was pleased. And uh, and the fact that Alabama won the game handily, uh, it made it a little diff- more difficult to keep the energy level going as the day got long. But uh, it was good because I had a great story to tell. How did Nick Saban react when he saw you, and perhaps you guys had met earlier in the week. I'm not really sure, but uh, uh, we did. We had met. Uh, we, we met on Thursday doing his talk show. Um, so uh, he was very, very cordial, and he said some very nice words again, welcoming me back to the broadcast on Saturday. But uh, no, he was. Uh, you know, we have a wonderful relationship, but it is a business relationship. You know, the coach and I are friendly, but we don't go out to dinners together. We don't go out and, you know, what have you. We, you know, we see each other. We talk. We're, we, we we exchange the occasional pleasantry. But he's busy. I'm busy. We, we're doing our thing. It's a wonderful business relationship. Uh, but, yes, he was very cordial in welcoming me back uh, and leading the applause uh, prior to the Nick Saban show uh, of a week ago today, actually, and then uh, in doing the pregame show, uh, he again had some very nice comments welcoming me back. Well, let's ask you the football question we've asked everybody this week. What did you think of Jalen Milrow? I wasn't surprised. You know, that was what I saw was what we had seen during the practices and the scrimmages, you know, I, I'm, I'm all of us on the broadcast side. We're lucky. We're welcome to the practices. We don't have to, you know, watch for two minutes and leave or whatever the the existent rules are. Uh, we were able to stay for the full practice, uh, and then I saw, you know, both of those closed scrimmages start to finish. Obviously, we did those make believe broadcasts. Uh, we saw him in those scrimmages throw the ball long and accurately. We saw him in those scrimmages run the football and make some great moves. So what I saw last weekend was not uh, at all a surprise. It was nice to see. And also everybody else was able to see it because, you know, what I see at the practices, I don't talk about. Uh, I'm there, you know, by the grace of the coaches, and I'm not going to, you know, say something I shouldn't. Uh, but it was nice that he was able to show off his abilities, and so many people knew what he could do anyway from the work he did put in last year when he uh, got in the ball game. But uh, 
Yeah, it was it was fine. It was uh, it, it was it was great to see, and uh, you know, and, and I wasn't surprised that you know the tight ends had a nice big uh, part of the game. You know, Nye Black. We had talked about him, I believe, maybe even on this show a few weeks ago. Uh, a lot of the guys. So it was uh, it was good. But you know, you've got to remember, and it's the same thing I'm sure Steve Sarkeesian is saying, with no disrespect to Middle Tennessee. And from his standpoint, no disrespect to the Rice Owls. Uh, this is a, this weekend is a step up, and we'll know a whole lot more leaving the stadium Saturday night uh, than we did leaving the stadium this past Saturday. You knew that Bama played well. You knew they had some things to work on, and, and as we all know, uh, as coaches will tell you, you make more improvements from week one to week two than you do any other time of the year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out on Saturday night. Yeah, Eli, sticking with the Texas, uh, this is uh, arguably the biggest non-conference home game of the Saban era. What do you think are just a, a few keys for Alabama to uh, to pull out the victory? Well, I think one of the big stories, and I don't know the answer to it, maybe you've heard something new, I've not. But obviously, there are a couple of secondary guys who are, and some pretty good secondary guys who are injured. And I don't know if they're, you know, what their status is for Saturday night at all yet. So, uh, you know, that's one of the big stories. Uh, you know, viewers, they, they've got a, a, Texas has a good quarterback. They've got good runners and wide receivers. So much of their team is back from a year ago. So, uh, whereas Alabama, again, went out and restocked the National Football League. Uh, Texas is in large part, not totally, but in large part uh, the same as they were with a couple of exceptions from last year. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a tough, tough ball game. And, uh, you know, that's but that's what you expect. That's what you want. And that's why we're all in the SEC and in Texas's case, soon to be in the SEC. I, I'm asking you to pull the crystal ball out, but you've done those games from um, Bryant Denny Stadium and, and all over the all over the continental United States, for that matter. But yeah, do you like most of us anticipate an electricity? Perhaps we hadn't seen it Alabama before because they want back at Texas, even though Alabama escaped Austin. Uh, in some ways, they feel like uh, Texas tattooed them, and I get the feeling the fans may be jacked up. Well, you know it's. Is it unprecedented? I don't know. I remember when number one, number two played, Alabama and LSU, and the buildup with game day and all of that in town. That was huge a number of years ago. Uh, you know, there have been some iron bowls that, you know, you wonder how in the world the stadium stayed afloat, you know, both stadiums because the noise was so uh, was so deafening. So... You know, I, I you may have to run a decibel meter to, to see if it's louder than ever before. I don't know. It's huge. That's why the players want to play at Alabama. That's why the fans are fans of the Crimson Tide and so on. It's, it's going to be massive. Uh, I mean, the numbers of interviews we've done uh, that I have done, and I know Craig Way, the uh, voice of the, of the uh, Longhorns, he's done a bunch of interviews as well. Uh, you know, everybody is talking about this one. You know, it's it's rare that game day and SEC Nation are at the same game 
ESPN doesn't like to do that. But obviously, for a game of this magnitude, they make the exception. Uh, you know, you got concerts. You got, you know, Taylor Hicks is going to be doing a concert. You got this, you got that. It's huge. Uh, is it unprecedented? I don't know. But it's it's darn big. That's for darn, that's for darn sure. Yeah, Eli, it, to me, uh, your reference to the 2011 LSU game, this has the feel to that. And I know it's not one versus two like it was back then. But this is just a very simple logistical question. How, how do you yeah. how do you get to the stadium? Do you have a you must have a police escort? Uh, especially... No, I never, I never have. Lars. Really? No. Yeah, I get there so early that it's not a problem. Uh, like I said before, we're on the air three hours before kick, uh, and then I get there about two hours before that. So by one o'clock tomorrow, I'll be, or excuse me, Saturday, I'll be at the stadium. So everybody is partying at that point. They're yeah. tailgating, they're doing their thing. Traffic is not that bad. Uh, I do have a reserved parking spot. Uh, as does Tom Stipe. I mean, our whole crew, we, we park near the stadium. So we do have that. Uh, the school is kind enough to provide us with, with great parking. But, uh, no, from a logistics standpoint, uh, I'm going to meet family and we're going to go out to uh, grab some lunch at a local restaurant and then head over to the stadium and I'll go upstairs and my wife and daughter and our soon-to-be uh, son-in-law, they'll be... Uh, They'll be going to wherever they go and uh, taking in the sights and sounds of the strip. So it really isn't that bad, Lars. We, I don't have a, uh, an escort, never have. Uh, I shouldn't say that. One time, one time in history, I got an escort from the stadium going elsewhere because I had to do a race that same night mm. in Daytona Beach. It's when they had, a few years ago, you might remember, they had all those fires in Central Florida and what was supposed to be the first ever night race in the history of Daytona International Speedway was delayed a few weeks because you couldn't see. I mean, the, the smoke in Central Florida was terrible. And uh, when they rescheduled the game, uh, I was I had a Bama game. When they rescheduled the race, rather, I had a, a Bama game but it started at 11 o'clock in the morning. It was an early, early start. So I, I did the game, got off the air, ran downstairs, and I had somebody there who was arranged for to escort me to a uh, private venue in Tuscaloosa where a helicopter met me, uh, flew me to the Birmingham airport where a private aircraft uh, had come to pick me up. And I flew to Daytona and I walked into the booth 20 minutes before the green flag that night. So exclusive of that one time, I've never had escort whatsoever. Eli, I love that. That's the uh, that's the broad that's that, that's the broad broadcast equivalent of uh, doing the double, right? The Indy yeah. 500 yeah, and the really Coke 600. Absolutely. You're Tony Stewart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Eli, our best to Claudette, Elise, and your soon-to-be son-in-law. We appreciate you joining us. I know it's been a very, very busy week, and all of the big noon sports are really, really happy to have you back. Well, you guys are so kind. You've both been uh, good friends for many, 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 many years, 
uh, I remember Matt when neither you nor I had a gray hair on our head. So uh, <laughs> it goes back a while. It goes back a while. But uh, have yourselves a great weekend, and uh, you enjoy the ball games, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Eli. Thank you for your time, Eli. Yeah. Eli Gold, he's back in the booth, the voice of the Please. Alabama Crimson Tide. Broadcasting gold. Uh, literally and figuratively there, Lord. Uh, <laughs> hey, when we get back, what else are we going to talk about? Texas and uh, Alabama. Uh, also want to give salutations, prayers, and thoughts uh, about a past tighter. That's all coming up on Big Noon Sports. The unit. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. The high today, 89. Clear and very pleasant tonight, below 64. And we stay dry tomorrow and Saturday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 85 and 88 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, we've got, if we used to say in the disc jockey days, you've got the dime, we've got the time. You can call us at 205-342-9904, and we will take calls all the way up to the top of the hour. Chris Walsh, we hadn't had him on from Bama Central Sports Illustrated, will be joining us at the top of the hour. And then in one hour, the uh, all-knowing Reagan will be with us from Reagan, uh, from R&R Cigars right there on 6th and Tuscaloosa. And uh, we will get his views on this weekend's game. Lars, it was interesting as yesterday, AL.com did a story that I made reference to about the Jalens from Texas. It was Waddle Hertz and Milrow and one of the other 10 Texas players they selected to point out that had uh, been born or raised in Texas and come to Tuscaloosa was Darwin Holt and then yesterday I, I read that Darwin Holt had passed away at the age of 84 Lars do you know how big Darwin Holt was he played linebacker alongside one of the greatest ever and it's Leroy Jordan. But do you know what his playing size and weight was? No, I, I confess, I, I just don't know much well, about it. Well, I read it. I read it. Well, he was actually even before my time, if you can believe that. But uh, <laughs> he was um, 5'10, 172 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Safeties are bigger than that now. Uh, Kickers but, are bigger than that now. <laughs> <laughs> but he was fierce. He was a B.A., and um, he knew the difference between go get him and sick him. And uh, he and Leroy were a – and that was a tandem at linebacker for Alabama back in the early 60s. Uh, listen to this. Uh, in 1961, uh, one of his banner years, Alabama's defense held their opponents in 11 games – to 25 points 25 points that's about 2.2 per game uh, and they had six shutouts nobody even gets shutouts anymore do they 
<laughs> no. Even um, when it's a lopsided whitewash, so somebody managed to score uh, in some way. But uh, he was uh, he was a great man and obviously uh, an overachiever on the football field. So I just wanted to make sure, and I know all Tide fans are mourning the loss, particularly those of my generation and older. But uh, Darwin Hall, and by the way, that's a great name, Darwin. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good story. Um, another really good story, and to me, this might be the it is the top story of uh, of the weekend, and that is Steve Sarkeesian coming back to Alabama. And uh, John Talty, our, our good friend, who's a, the former sports editor at AL.com, who now writes for 247sports.com, has just a, a fabulous piece up about, um, about Sark and, and his time at Alabama. And I really, I didn't know this, but uh, John reports that um, internally, that Sark uh, was talked about as Nick Saban's possible successor, and um, and 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 the fact that Sarkeesian, when he came to Alabama, his his career was just absolutely shredded, and and the, how he has rebounded, responded. Uh, and he's very, very grateful uh, for the chance that Nick Saban took on him. And Sarkeesian, Matt, and we're going to talk a lot more about this, but he is why you give people second chances, right? I mean, this is a redemptive, beautiful story, and it's hard not to root for him. And also, I don't necessarily think that uh, it's not beyond the realm that that Sark could be the next head coach at Alabama whenever that uh, happens. But um, just really interesting stuff up on uh, 24-7 Sports about Steve Sarkeesian. And and all week, it's like you almost want to root for him, right, Matt? Except for this week. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. I know. I know. You weren't going down. It's a great story. It's just a great story. It is a great story, and it also shows the compassion that some people think Nick Saban lacks that he really does possess. Hey, good stuff. I want to get into that a little bit more, but I want to talk about just the wackiness of the conference additions and subtractions. And this idea with the ACC blows my top off. I, I don't get it. Lars will have to explain it to me on the other side of the break as you listen to Big Noon Sports. Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, 
That's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. It is indeed big news sports. Lars, Matt, Justin Jones, we haven't uh, spoken to you because we just dove right out of the top of the hour at noon and into the Eli Gold interview. But uh, how are you, my man, sitting there in that little uh, control room there at Tide? Everything all right? Yeah, I'm doing good. Little is definitely the word, but you know what? I've learned to make it make it home. I'm here so often. It's nice and comfy in here. I dress for the... Oh, like I'm gonna it's take cozy. a nap or something. It's cozy. cozy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hey. As long as the AC works. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> you know what? Um, this is. I been love such control a, rooms. I don't care how big they are. They've fascinated me since I was 14. Sorry, Lord. This, this has been such a benefit for me throughout my uh, adult life. My my first apartment in New York City was about 420 square feet. And I was just so grateful to have those 420 square feet. And now, which is about the size of, uh, of the Tide studio and the uh, control room there. Um, I mean, imagine, like that, that's where I lived for about six years. And so now it's like whenever, uh, you know, any place I've had, it's just been like a, a, a gift from the heavens uh, that is bigger than 420 square feet. But... Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Justin. Uh, I, yeah. Go I, ahead, I, hang, hang on. We'll get to Justin in a second. That intrigues me. 420 square feet. Do you mind telling us how much you paid per month? Um, I actually got lucky. I It was uh, $1,100 a month. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then, uh, then I got another place that was rent-controlled. And it was a uh, a one bedroom, and I to me it felt like a uh, uh, a mansion because it was about five hundred and sixty square feet, and uh, I got so lucky. It was on hundred and second and West End Avenue, and West End Avenue is a beautiful street in Manhattan, and uh, I got it for seven hundred and sixty dollars a month, and uh, it pain it, it pained me to Were give that. Were you next to Ross and Rachel? Uh, <laughs> no, but um, I was told that uh, this was a really old building and that I was told that Charlie Chaplin, like the original comic, right, uh, that he lived in that apartment. And uh, I was always sort of, you know, looking around, uh, just hoping I would stumble upon something that he had written or, or whatever. But uh, <laughs> it was really hard to give that place up because nobody, when you have a rent controlled apartment in New York, I mean, paying 760 a month, I think you that was- You can't get any place in Birmingham or Tuscaloosa no, for that. No, no, no. Uh, and I, I had to give it up because uh, I decided to, to get hitched. And so uh, she, uh, uh, Sarah, didn't want to, uh, didn't want to be in, didn't want to move into the bachelor pad, right? And I understood that. So, uh, oh, we, wow. so that's yeah. when we, we moved over to uh, 89th in Central Park West in a fifth floor walk up that was about uh, about 
maybe 600 square feet. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, we're talking really small. I lived in small places for a good 15 years. And so, you know, it just, uh, it, it, you just get conditioned to it. Never had a dishwasher. Uh, I still think you can get dishes cleaner than by cleaning them yourself. No uh, question. Than, <laughs> and so, I do mine. We do ours by hand too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I was just that's just how I was conditioned to live, and uh, so it made things easier. So anyway, Justin, now that this is your office, right? Uh, yeah, anything, any anything you have moving forward, you're just going to be like, oh, this is this is amazing. I, it's funny. I remember first walking into the uh, the studio here, and I was like, "Wow!" I think um, Joe Gaither, the former um, brand manager yeah. here, and, and Aiden Dolans, who used to be the producer for a lot of the oh, shows, yeah. they were both in here. I walked in. I was like, "Oh, it's a little cramped in here." I, I was like dressed up with my polo shirt on, but now now you're right. I'm used to it. It's like a mansion. I can kick my feet around. I know the dimensions. <laughs> do some stretches. <laughs> And it's it, it's your space. You're in charge. You know it's 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 good. You're the captain um, of the ship, man. It's no better place to be. What was your what was your first apartment, Matt? Oh wow! Do you uh, remember after you golly, graduated from Alabama? Well, uh, well, I already had apartments when I was in Alabama, but the first one uh, I moved to Birmingham. I actually moved in with a high school buddy of mine, and it wasn't wasn't a lot bigger than what you're describing. Uh, but uh, my first place away from home was in Patey. Is Patey still around, Justin? Oh, the yeah. The Patey, storm? Patey's still there. I know one of my first years in college, so 2019 maybe, uh, they, they renovated it. And there's there's a Cane's in the bottom now. It's like a chicken finger place. So I was in Patey all the time for some chicken fingers. Oh, the other day, absolute mess when we were there. I mean, the stuff that went on from hall to hall and room to room would just blow your mind. I won't go into that, Lars. Well, the other the other day, Matt, when you and I were in Tuscaloosa, we were we were trying to find your old your old haunt, your old uh, house, right in Tuscaloosa, sort of behind yeah. behind uh, Brian Denny Stadium over in that area. Um, it, was, was it was it torn down? Yeah, it's it's sad to know that as we appropriately called it, E, as in error, uh, it was a garage that had been um, they threw some sh the multicolored shag carpeting. You remember that stuff? No padding. They just threw that on top of the concrete, and the walls were as thin as you could possibly imagine. And they tried to get two bedrooms out of one and. One bathroom. It was a it was a real you know what show. Um, but you know what? Uh, when I went back to school, I didn't have a lot of money because my dad taught me a valuable lesson. He said, uh, "You blew my money the first time. <laughs> Let's see how you feel when you blow your money." Uh, so it was what I could afford. Uh, and by the way, I think I've stated this before, but it's amazing how many classes you go to if you're paying for them. <laughs> Personally, you're working yeah. 40 hours of the week. Uh, one of the greatest lessons my wonderful father ever taught me. All right, let's go ahead and catch up on our breaks here. But I got to get into this thing, Lars. I'm sure you've seen it. We, actually, we talked briefly about it last week. But this Cal Stanford in Dallas is driving me crazy. It's just, uh, it's not fair. It's not fair at all, and I don't need to explain it to you, but we'll talk about it in just a moment on Big Noon Sports.
Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Thursday edition of The Game, we'll continue with our Dreamland Score Prediction Day. We'll also feature Aaron Torres, Rodney Orr. We'll talk to Bruce Marshall. We'll talk to Brad Powers, all starting at 2 o'clock here on The Game. I'm tied 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. The high today, 89. Clear and very pleasant tonight, the low 64. And we stay dry tomorrow and Saturday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 85 and 88 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Indeed it is. This is Big Noon Sports. Lars, Matt, Justin Jones in that wonderful control room. Guys, we talked about this just a little bit last week, but... uh, the ACC is actually considering, now nothing has been written in ink, is actually considering using SMU in Dallas as a home base for Cal and Stanford. You know, it's driving me crazy that you've got teams in Los Angeles that um, are now going to be playing in the, in the Midwest, uh, much less now Stanford's going to be traveling to Raleigh. Uh, you know, the geographics make no difference anymore. But moving your home games 1,500 miles from where your students are, uh, I just, I, don't, I can't believe they're even considering this, Lars. I can't either. It, 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 it is mind-blowing. And this was reported by uh, John Wilner of uh, the Mercury News, who's, he's a really really good reporter so this is a rock solid information the fact that the ACC is considering this but to me Matt you know what's the difference of of uh, two hours on an airplane I agree I mean just uh, it, this makes no sense no sense and I, I don't I don't for a second believe this will happen. I, I don't believe that Stanford would um, go along with this because, <clears throat> you know, they, they've got a pretty decent home field advantage. When Stanford football is good, and I'm thinking of like Christian McCaffrey, uh, Andrew Luck, uh, John Elway. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they have had, they've had some good teams, really good teams. Uh, Toby Gerhardt, uh, Heisman Trophy finalist, uh, and I, 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 I frankly don't see this happening. I, I just, I, I, you know, the the key word here is considering. Uh, this is nowhere near set in stone, and I, I just, I absolutely do not believe it's going to happen. And in, uh, in, so, I, I, I get it because you're, 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 you're taking away. Um, you know, take away the college experience. You are, you are, and 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 I, ultimately, I think it would hurt, especially Stanford. I think it would hurt um, 
just the the school as as a whole because you know there are smart kids who want to go to college football games <laughs> and uh and, and so i i just i i don't see this i don't see this happening um do you i don't think it's fair and i if i were a head coach i would be throwing it down on them no way this is gonna hurt recruiting what about that hot shot quarterback that lives an hour from stanford now his parents are gonna have to go to home games in dallas yeah uh, this is just wrought with wrong. It's wrought with wrong. So, uh, and I, you know, I thought for a little while I might be okay if maybe you did tennis or something there. But even that's not right. And even that would affect your recruiting, I would think. Uh, but boy, I'll tell you what. Um, SMU uh, and their concessionaires would love it, wouldn't they? Yeah, it would be uh, good for SMU. And um, there's another story. Ross Dellinger, he dug deep into how SMU was able to get into the ACC. And it is uh, it is a mind-blowing piece uh, by Ross Dellinger. Everybody should check that out. But, um, Matt, I, I wanted to uh, just shift gears for a second and, uh, and just go back to uh, Sarkeesian. And uh, in, in the game on Saturday, um, you know, the, the, the famous statistic is that Nick Saban is 28 and two against his former assistants. Um, and so this goes all the way back to uh, uh, 2007. And it was uh, both of the losses came in 2021 when Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M upset Alabama in the regular season in College Station. And then in the college football playoff national championship game, Kirby Smart in Georgia uh, beat beat Alabama. And uh, so Sark was asked about it and his response was great. He, uh, he, He responded with a question. Uh, which is uh, always uh, it's a good lawyerly thing to do huh. and, and he said what's the record for all the guys who aren't former assistants against Alan, was, or against Nick Saban <laughs> is that classic <laughs> Yeah, I mean but uh, I don't know if he's uh, got enough wit to have just come up with that immediately oh well you, you, you knew that he, he knew he knew that he was going to be asked oh, yeah. that question yeah, yeah. and so you know he definitely put some thought into it uh yeah it, it's almost like uh gosh if you're a, a head coach making a ton of money it's like you, you should have a writer you know uh That's for a hire great idea. have a writer for hire who can just come up with a couple lines for you to deliver at each press conference because he certainly uh you certainly could afford it but why is it why is it you think that Nick Saban has been so successful against his former assistants, twenty-eight and two? Because he has great football teams. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it, the wheel. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's exactly that's exactly what Sark was saying. That's exactly, exactly. What, what Sark was saying. Um, and uh, you know, he's uh, again. He went on to say that he wouldn't be the head coach at, uh, if it wasn't for Nick Saban and. And um, he said that, you know, he was just having a hard time getting an interview. And then suddenly Nick Saban throws him this lifeline. And, and, and you know, he's, he's very upfront about saying that Nick Saban saved his professional career. 
And to think that uh, he was considering um, going into uh, going to work with uh, Fox Sports, right? And but it was uh, it was Lane Kiffin who had worked with him at USC under Pete Carroll that connected him with Nick Saban, and then Saban eventually brought him in as an as an analyst, and uh, and then you know uh, he he worked his way up and became offensive coordinator. And so, um, it, you know, that first year uh, when he was an analyst, Sark basically just worked with uh, Kiffin, who was the OC at the time, on just third down offensive strategy. And, uh, and you know how much he made? $35,000. $35,000. And, uh, but it, it, it was good for him because it gave him time to work on the, like, you know, exit the public stage, work on your personal life while still gaining an understanding of how Alabama operates, how Nick Saban operates, uh, how just, how really, um, how the most successful program in the country and the most successful coach in college football work. Right. And, um, and, and really like he just, uh, uh, it, it's just a, it's just a great story. It's just a great story. And I, I'm really happy for, uh, for Steve. I, I've known him a long time. Uh, did a story uh, on him when he was at Washington and, um, you know, he was one of the, one of the few head coaches. He, he gave me his cell phone number and he said Lars just call me whenever you want just call me whenever you want you know and he just he couldn't have been uh, nicer or more welcoming and and uh, more transparent and I, 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 I hate what you know what happened to him at, at USC in this very public uh, you know kind of meltdown uh, but uh, he has really just transformed his life. And, you know, when someone shows vulnerability in a public setting like that, I think it makes all of us sort of be able to relate to that person more, right? It it, it almost humanizes that person. It makes us realize, oh, you know, yeah, he's this powerful football coach at USC and and been at at, uh, Washington. But he's he's like all of us, you know. We we all have our different struggles with different things, and and uh, the fact that he was able to come to Tuscaloosa and really uh, address those, and now he's the head coach of Texas. You know, like well, what a great again, a great redemptive story. And there's just so many life lessons uh, imbued in this story. He was a broken, broken man at yes. USC. I mean, yes. the, the, the stories about, or documented, um, him showing up at alumni functions and dinners just totally ripped. Uh, I think there were also reports that he, sometimes he came to practices with uh, Snootful, as they say in Mayberry. But it's not the only one that Saban reached out to, you know, in, in many ways he reached out to Kiffin. Uh, he reached out to Butch Jones, um, who I guess he's gone on. He's a head coach. At, is he at Arkansas State now? Something like that? Yeah, they, they got beat about 130 to nothing in their first game. 
Um, Nebraska, Colorado. <laughs> I could ask you about that if we have time next hour, but right now we're going to take our top of the hour break, and when we come back, Bama Central Sports Illustrated's um, editor, uh, editor-in-chief. Founder. Uh, yeah, uh, that's Chris yeah. Walsh. He will join us, and we'll certainly ask about his reporter being admonished and uh, then kind of apologized to by the one and only Nick Saban. What amazed me about that entire story is he called the guy by name. I didn't yeah. know he knew any of our names. It, 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 you know what? That, that has never happened before. Never. I don't think so. Nope. Nope. Never. Never. Uh, I think it speaks well for both persons. Back yes. in a minute. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Gotcha, gotcha. In Austin, uh, look, you know, you didn't ask a bad question the other night. I just didn't answer it very well. And, um, you know, when a guy plays well in the game at any position, it should help his confidence and it should help him perform better in the future. But I do think that every player, you know, has to understand that just because I played well, I still want to try to improve the few things that I could have done better. And I think if a, a, a person keeps that mindset, then they're always improving, right? Because you're never satisfied uh, and you're always trying to do better. Uh, and you don't let complacency creep, creep into your game. And that certainly hasn't happened with Jalen. So, um, you know, hopefully the confidence that he gained in this game will certainly help him to continue to play, you know, better and better in the future. That's what we hope for as coaches. That's why, what we try to encourage him to do. So, uh, and that should have been my answer the other night really good stuff and um wow as far as, wow as far as wow concerned, yeah i mean it wasn't exactly <laughs> hey hey dude i'm sorry this is a, uh, this is this has made national news by well, the way um but I, as i said going to the break and we'll bring chris walsh in who is um, in charge of well uh austin hannon the guy that nick saban was addressing uh works with bama central sports illustrated with our next guest chris walsh Chris, man, it has been a while. Let's catch up just for a second and get back to that topic. But how are things going for you? And um, how's what, the what? Don't you have like the largest staff covering Alabama sports in the in the universe? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we do. Um, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> uh, first of all, thanks for having me. It, it's it's great to be here, and I'm good, and I appreciate it. And yeah, it was. Um, it's so funny because after this, after Saban said that, we kind of, um, we had, had an interesting discussion via text, uh, a bunch of people on the staff of, you know, what do we, what, do we, do we, do we post a story about this? I mean, because, and it was, it was interesting because I, I almost sent Lars a message to kind of just ask him for his, his two cents at the point at that point but it was uh you know you don't really want to be the news when you're a news outlet and we definitely are so um it was like i said it was kind of an interesting discussion and i'm one of those people that when um you know there's some doubt 
it, in your mind in your mind about what you do, you take the high road, um, mm-hmm. journalistically. And so we didn't post the story about the comments. We treated it um, just like he had said anything else. I think we we, you know, we included it. We usually have a transcript of what David says on the site uh, pretty quickly after his press conferences, and that's pretty much where we we left it. Um, but uh, I, I'm curious to hear what you guys uh, think about it. So and how we should have handled it. But, but we uh, we we just treated it like he said anything else. Well, okay. Can you give us some context? Because I don't know of the, the what sort of transpired on Saturday between Coach Saban and your reporter Austin Hannon. Yeah, sure. It's um, okay. Austin is. He's been with us for just um, this year. He graduated last December, and uh, we had let me think real quick four four reporters in the room, I believe. And uh, he was working on a story about uh, the quarterback uh, situation, and his question to Saban was basically, "What do you what do you think or what do you expect moving forward?" Uh, generally, and that's he did the comments about you know, grab the coke bottle, and he said, You know, this isn't a crystal ball, and like, okay. Um, and so it was uh, yesterday during his, his, his press conference, um, he was still in his introductory remarks, he was not prompt at all. Saban mentioned Austin's name and said what you guys just played. Um, and every reporter in the room just went, did that just happen? Because, <laughs> you know, in the and the whole time he's been at Alabama, he's never done that before. And um, I, I, I'm sure as soon as he heard, you know, his name, Austin was like, you know, what's coming? You know, <laughs> so it was different. Yeah, yeah. Well, shrapnel, something's about to blow up here. But uh, my response is, first of all, I really, really appreciate admire and respect your position here we're in this business to report the news not be it and you took the very very high road and i speak on behalf of a lot of people way to go chris walsh all right i would say i would say, I would say like 90 percent of editors would not have done that and yeah i i admire you for that decision chris because you know what our profession has become? Uh, it's look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm click, the story. Click, click. Yeah, I'm the story, not uh, you know the uh, person that I'm I'm covering, uh, and that uh, that's rare. So I, I give you big time, big time credit. Um, have you been surprised? Okay, two questions for you, Chris. One, are you, are you surprised that this has become a national story? And two. You, you've you've been covering Nick Saban from the start here in Tuscaloosa. Um, what does this say about Nick Saban? The fact that he <laughs> essentially apologized to your reporter. Um, okay. Well, first off, thank you. Um, second, let me. There's one other thing I got to throw into the mixer because it's and, and here's the real reason why I was kind of like mulling over. Maybe we should post something about this. Is we're affiliated with Sports Illustrated, and Sports Illustrated has what it calls a um, breaking news desk. And a lot of times, like 95% of the time, 
Saban says anything, their their breaking news desk will post it. Um, you know, something just like that. And so I, the the only reason why I was thinking, geez, maybe we should post something is because the the people that were affiliated were going to do it anyways. Um, so the big shock for me was when they did it. Um, but they've it's it, you know even though we're affiliated with Sports Illustrated, they change their policies. They don't tell us what's going on kind of thing. So it's, it, I think they've, they've done a little bit of a change recently where they kind of realize every single time they do that, they're basically taking all of our hits. Um, and so, you know, it, it's trying to juggle that and trying to, trying to figure out like what's the best option. I, the way I wanted to do it, I mean, my, my immediate reaction was don't do a story, but it was like, well, if, if, our parent company, not a parent company, I can't call them that because we're the, you know, I own BAM Essential. We are locally owned. Um, there, there was, that's where the debate really kind of came down to. So uh, let me just clarify that really point. I know there was a question. Oh, right. Um, yeah. uh, am I surprised that it went national? No. Um, <laughs> you know, I, it's, I, I, okay. I'm just going to say the way that I, I tell our staff um, to do it. And this is kind of, I, I apologize um, beforehand, but I tell our guys and gals, anything Nick's, if Nick Saban farts, it's news, you know, in the national <laughs> scheme. So yeah. anything uh, that Nick Saban says that could be, you know, that it, that's news. Anything about Alabama quarterbacks, that's news. Get it on the site as fast as you can. So, um, no, not surprised at all. I, I'm Actually, I'm surprised. I, I haven't really, my phone has been ringing off the hook today, to be honest. Well, if, hey, if I could just, just a second. Okay, go uh, ahead, Matt. Mick Gillespie has a great quote. You remember he said last last week, Lars? He said, "What's good for Nick is good for Mick." I mean, yeah. <laughs> let's face it, guys. Uh, we kind of all make a living off Nick Saban. So, Lars, go ahead with your next question. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, here's a, a like on air live uh, story idea back and forth with an editor. I'd love to see a first person piece by Austin, uh, like midweek next week, of how this has impacted his life as a 23 year old reporter, because uh, <laughs> uh, because again, this is unprecedented. It hasn't happened and 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 the fact that it is it literally been reported uh, uh blasted out all around the world and uh how this has impacted austin sort of on a personal level would be interesting to me yeah it's it's you know we're going to talk about it i'm sure and, and I, the one thing i kind of told him was you know if you start getting phone calls about hey can you come on our radio show it's like do me a favor just you know if you're going to talk about it talk about it on the site first you know yeah. but um and and that way it, it's 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 you know we got to do that but um you know we're we're dedicated to covering the crimson tide as as best as we can and in really as many different ways as we can um you know the fact that you kind of alluded to the, that we have more people than everyone else at this point um which we do actually uh you know we we're trying to we're figuring out ways that we can really use that to our advantage so i mean granted we have podcasts we have you know we've got a show on our on our site now we've got um you know different ways that we can do it so i wouldn't be surprised if austin does do something i i am not aware of him doing something yet but i mean it's 
literally, it's, I was sitting there last night. It's like Lars is going to be talking about this class. He should be talking about this in this class, and <laughs> yeah. and I bet that's well, going to be a really I mean, interesting you, discussion. You did mention you did mention like you know you don't want to necessarily uh, be the news. However, it you guys didn't start this. Coach Coach Saban did right, in, in in a way that I think reflects very well on Coach Saban. But uh, so you you are in the news unintentionally. So I, I think it's sort of a little bit different, and uh, you know, a thoughtful essay would be interesting to me. But uh, Matt, go ahead. I'll I'll let you go next. No, uh, I just I think it's a cool story all the way around, and uh, I must also add I'm a little bit surprised at the first person ever addressed by name in a news conference has been in the business six months. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, I, I'm wondering if you're Jeff Spiegel or you're Kevin Skarbinski and you're thinking, hey, well, I remember that time you ripped me? Uh, what's going on here? But uh, that's, by the way, Lars, was uh, Austin one of your sports writing students? I just said right. Uh... I don't think so. Okay. Am I am I wrong on that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he I don't was. Think, but I'll tell I don't you think what. I had him. Do you do you have Will Miller right now? Oh, um, asking me these questions. Well, it's early in the season. It, 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 it is early. early it's early in the semester. I'm going to give you a break yeah. on that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I'll tell you what. It's it's. I know one of our guys has got a classroom right now. I just couldn't remember which one it is. But I tell you what, we've got a story right now that a student from Alabama wrote for us about. Um, an Alabama soccer player. We've had it as our centerpiece um, all morning. And I'm telling you, it's really good. And I was like, I read it last night. I was, I was like ready to do a cartwheel because uh, this is the kind of stuff it's, you know, long form writing isn't big anymore uh, in sports journalism. And a lot of it just, I, I honestly think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that just nobody has the personnel to pull it off anymore. Um, you know, and granted, I mean, I understand, you know, there's, shorter attention span and so forth but um we are we're kind of going in the opposite direction and 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 we want to have a long form story on the site um if not every day close to it and this is a this is a really good example of some of the stuff that we're doing hey can you hang around we we need to talk some alabama football can you hang on yeah i heard music yeah (laughs) good for you you're taking your cues you're not just a writer you're a sportscaster all right, uh, let's take a break. <laughs> Did you say ick? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's great. I get called a lot of things. Come on. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh, it's not as prominent as it used to be, but there used to be a, a kind of an adversarial relationship uh, between, like, the TV radio guys and oh, the yeah. writers. Not anymore. But, no. yeah, you're right. You, no, you that's I mean, all you guys can... have started becoming broadcasters taking our jobs you knucklehead now nah, we always thought we were smarter than you pretty boys yeah you really really did and uh, i remember ray <laughs> bellick used to call us hairsprays uh, <laughs> and then i i promptly responded and i said you ink stained wretch <laughs> back with more picnic sports with bama central's chris wall 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. The high today, 89. Clear and very pleasant tonight, the low 64. And we stay dry tomorrow and Saturday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 85 and 88 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Chris Walsh from Bama Central is our guest on Big Noon Sports. Chris, let's talk some football. And, you know, we discussed it and cussed it for, what, eight months? Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be the quarterback? Well, we found out, uh, and I think rather emphatically, uh, do you, certainly, if he suddenly starts making huge mistakes, they could go to either one of the Tylers. But I think literally when he picked up the ground ball to short and ran it 21 yards into the end zone, <laughs> that uh, Milrow became Alabama's starting quarterback. Come on, that's that's the way they designed that play. I mean, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, it's you know watching the game, it's um, you know like something that really stood out to me was like his footwork's a lot better, and he's got more poise, he's more confident. It's obvious. And the thing that was, I don't want to call it frustrating, you know, but throughout this whole process, uh, you know, we kept getting, every journalist in the state who covers Alabama was getting asked nonstop, what's going on with the quarterback? What's going on with the quarterback? What's going on with the quarterback? And we barely got to see anything. We got to see A-Day like everybody else. We didn't get to see any practices. We didn't get to see scrimmages. And the only answer we could really give was, you know, it's got to play out. It's Milrow's job, you know, to, to win or lose for the most part, unless somebody just, you know, blows it, you know, blows the doors off kind of thing. And we had to kind of sit there and, and, you know, work our sources obviously behind the scene, but, um, you know, we had to, we had to let it play out as well. And yeah, I have not had anybody ask me in the last few days who, what's going on at quarterback for the first time you know, in, in nine months, which is kind of nice, you know, to be, to be honest, but you know, I'm sure the players are sick of it as well. Uh, like this guy, you know, the, the thing was that last year when he played, you know, people are like, well, we can't really have that as a starting quarterback. And the thing was, he wasn't the starting quarterback. He was first year learning this, you know, or second year learning the system, you know, still developing. Um, it, it's a total different thing that he was trying to develop into, and the question was, how well would he do it? So far, it looks so far it looks good. Um, it, yeah, if if things go wrong against Tennessee, someone else is going to get a shot. But uh, um, I, yeah, I think they got their guy. You know, as far as I can tell. But it's uh, the thing that I hate, really hate now is a week from now I'm going to start getting asked, okay, who's leading? You know, it's like, come on. Um, but I know it's coming. Uh, what keys, uh, what does Alabama have to do to win this game on uh, Saturday night? Score more points. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I knew you are going to do that. Why, is that. why is that still funny? <laughs> I mean, we've all used it a million times, and I'm laughing. Anyway. Uh, I, I, you know what? If they get the running game going, 
I think it's game over. I really do. I like the defense. Um, I mean, I think Texas is a good team. Texas is a real good team. So this is, for for me, this is the game that I really circled on on the, the schedule this year. I was like, this is where we're going to find out just how good Alabama is. I, I think they could play well and still lose this game, though, because that's how good the Longhorns are. And I have a ton of respect for the other coach, Steve Sarkeesian. So, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, I think if they get the running game going, and I, God, see, I, I, I keep going back to the offensive line. When you got three guys, 350 pounds plus, nobody's got that. You can't practice against that. Has anybody that. had that in college football history? I don't think so. They don't have that in the NFL. No, I, I think it's the biggest line in, in the history of the game. I really do. And, I mean, like, Booker plays with a mean streak. You know, Proctor's just getting going. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, this is going to be, if they, if, if they can start pounding it, I, it, it, there was some play last week. I was just like, okay, simple play. You know, they're going to run the ball here. And I saw like three, like th- two linebackers and a defensive lineman moving backwards, you know, on one side of the line. I was just like, well, that's, yeah, not, that's just not, that's not fair, you know, but that's exactly what they have. And these guys are only going to get better. And, and, and especially as they work together more. I, I just think Alabama's really got something unique, and I, I don't know how these teams are going to counter it, especially once they really get going. When you can run quarterback sneaks third and two, <laughs> I mean, what does that tell you? Uh, but anyway, uh, my concern with Texas is Quinn Ewers. He had Alabama on the ropes last year. Uh, he looked very good in the debut, although it was Rice. So, uh, and the fact that, and here's, I guess I'll get to a question here in a minute, Chris. What do you hear about <laughs> Bama's banged up secondary? Uh, the guys are practicing. So, and yeah. the thing was, like, even when they got pulled from the game the other night, um, you kind of looked at me and you went, that guy's going to be back next week. Um, probably both of them. So, uh, I fully expect Alabama to be a full strength. The thing that I'm going to be looking for are the blitz packages. I don't want to see what Kevin Steele's been, you know, dialing up for this one. And we're going to see some different things. They're going to, especially after what happened last year, they're going to go after this guy. I have absolutely no doubt. And 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 I'm you. I'm, I'm with you. The only way Texas wins this game is, is the quarterback. And he's really good. And... Um... Uh, what do you think just about uh, uh, last week? Uh, how, how vanilla was Alabama, both on offense and defense? And are you expecting almost to see a different team on Saturday night? Um, I think we're going to see a lot more defensively. Um, something that I really love, you know, even early on, they were mixing guys in and out. They were getting guys involved. And the depth on this team is ridiculously good and it's a huge strength. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's a huge strength. I mean, I, I can't really um, overstate that. Uh, and, and offensively, they were kind of doing the same thing too. So uh, I, I think offensively, it's going to be uh, not that different because, I mean, you've got a, a, a quarterback who's just getting going kind of thing. You don't want to you don't want to overcomplicate things. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure there's some 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 packages that are going to be a little bit different. But I, I think offensively, it's going to be um, 
you know, it, it just get them on their heels. That's that's the aim. And when you've got a quarterback like that, and you've got a running game like you do, uh, anything you get out of the passing game is just going to be a nightmare for the Longhorns. So uh, it's I'm I'm focusing a lot more on how the Alabama defense is going to is going to hold up, and I think Kevin Steele is going to go after this guy. Like I said, well. Uh, if they're going to get Alabama, it'll be through the air. And it, I think this uh, this game has a pendulum in its name, Quinn Ewers. Uh, I think if he's successful, then Texas certainly has uh, a really good chance to win this football game. Uh, as we wrap it up, I'm asking everybody about this because Lars and I anticipate uh, an electricity factor of 10 uh, and a lot of people go back to the uh, number one versus number two Alabama LSU game. Was it 2011? Am I getting that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, do you anticipate that as well, Chris? Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of funny because it's almost like there's two kinds of home games. You know, for for Alabama, and I always hear this. You know, I get these people that are like, "Oh, it's always crazy there." It's like, no, actually, it really isn't. You know, <laughs> um, but. On certain days, yeah, it is. And I think this has the potential to be uh, one of those days. It, it, it's, it's a shame that um, over the years, especially when they were doing the Nutris-like games, uh, it's just, you know, there weren't that many really big games at Brian, Brian Denny. You know, it's it's like they go play Michigan in, in Texas or they play USC or, or whatever. And one of the aims of them doing the home and home is that they would have, you know, more big games, obviously. And this is exactly the kind of thing that, that they, this is the reason why, you know, they signed, they started doing these. And so I got to give some credit uh, to Greg Byrne for, for doing that and Nick Saban, um, because a lot of teams wouldn't want to have Texas come play in your house. But, you know, last year's game was it was uh, terrific, wonderful atmosphere, and I think it was good for college football. And, I mean, the way college football is going right now, we have no idea what college football is going to look like, you know, even a year from now. So um, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, and, and I think they're going I, I to play well. This, this, this is the game that they've been really looking forward to. Chris, um, one final question. Last year, uh, the Texas athletic officials decided to put Alabama fans in the nosebleed seats. Uh, they were going to put the band up there, and Alabama decided not to bring their band. And I'm telling you, this is the pettiness of Texas. Uh, as uh, someone who cares about Nebraska football, the reason, I'm telling you, the number one reason why Nebraska left the Big 12 it was because of Texas and just, you know, the, the, the crap like they just pulled last year. Are you surprised that Greg Byrne like kind of is doing the same thing to uh, Texas fans? I, I thought Nebraska left so they could go lose to Minnesota. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh. Stop oh. it. Stop <laughs> it. You oh, you've been waiting the entire you've been waiting this entire half hour to bring that up. Okay. Um, well, you raised yes. his arm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, hey you, I want you to come on every day and give me a Huskers jab. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm sorry, Lars. I it's a good question, it. though. Did, 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 uh, did Burns' reaction surprise you? Did it surprise me? Um, no. You know, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It is what it is. It's, it's, I, 
they aren't going to be able to do this once again in the SEC next year. So uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think I kind of just more or less, I kind of look at it myself like, would I have done that? I don't know. I don't have a problem with it, him doing it, though. You know, just because, I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, I don't either. No, I don't either. What they did yeah. last year was just utter, utter nonsense. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's, it's from someone who runs the site and had people there, you know, trying to get as many people as they could into the press box. And Texas calling us and saying, we're sorry, we have a small press box. We can only allow this many people. It's like, um, excuse me? Uh, and we, I had to, like, beg, I think, just to get our third person in. And we we try to have five people at games. Um, five people in general. If it's a big game on the road, yeah, we'll send we'll send five people, and that's more than anyone else. And we always get this. Well, that's you know nobody else wants that. It's like yeah, has, no one else has, is asking for that. Has any other school given you a hard time the way Texas did? Um, I'm trying to think if anybody did, and I can't think of anyone. I mean, it's it's an ongoing struggle. It's an ongoing thing where it's I get this. You're asking more than the than the local newspaper. And it's like, well, look, I love the local newspaper, but they don't even have a they, their entire sports department is three people, you know. And and I really really wish them well, and, and I, I don't want them to go away if, um, because you know the industry is changing and so forth. But we cover Alabama more than anybody else. We cover, we do more road games than anybody else. We cover more sports than anyone else. Uh, please give us the darn credential, you know. Um, and I can't really say that, but that's kind of the the gist of it. Um, and I mean, like right now, uh, I'm, I just made arrangements yesterday. We're going to send someone to Phoenix, Arizona to cover the, the basketball game again, um, basketball game out there in December. Um, and I would be shocked if anybody else goes out there, but, uh, that's the kind of level that, that we're at and what we're trying to do. And, and we're going to up our basketball coverage, um, this year, by the way, just to kind of throw that out there. Uh, you know, this is a really good program. It's a really good team. Um, and we think, you know, the more that they win, the more that the, the fans want to know. So I'm, we, there's a very decent chance we're going to send someone to the game in Canada too, which actually it might be me because I love Canada. And, and uh, even if it's, it's December, <laughs> it's, it's gorgeous. And, and um, even though last, last year I was in Vancouver, somebody uh, broke into our room and, and relieved us of some of our possessions. I still love Canada. <laughs> in wow. Canada? So, Wow, that would yeah. Be, that somebody more stole Canadians get robbed in America than vice versa. I think it was a moose, though. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. a, a moose. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Oh, on your way to Canada, you can take a pit stop in Minnesota and high five all your buddies on the Golden Gophers. Give it to the Gophers, the winning Gophers. Yeah, it's <laughs> okay. They're gonna. You know, I, you know, from afar, that's gonna be fun for me to. to just kind of watch and see like hey they're playing usc this week this week that's just gonna be weird i'm, I'm not i'm not ready for that yeah hey what a great segment uh thank you safe travels uh cover the game well i don't even need to say that i know you will thank you chris <laughs> thanks, thanks <laughs> my buddy. pleasure great talking to you guys thank you thank, yeah. thanks chris all righty then hey let's get some predictions hey i've reagan from r and r is coming up you got Matt. I've done the math. Guess who was four and zero last week against the spread? I was. You're, yours truly. No, I was too. You were three and one. You took an L. What did I lose? 
Well, you know what? Actually, I didn't write down who you picked. Uh, there was one game. I just decided to give you the L. Uh, Auburn, oh. UMass. Who did you take? Auburn. Oh, you got the L. All right, you were four and zero as well. I think I Reagan. Think I Reagan was two and two. You did. I yeah. think I took everything yeah. you did. Okay, and that so wasn't were, by design. You were four and zero. I was four and zero. Reagan was two and two. Hey, we got NFL tonight, don't we? We do. Is that tonight? All right, he'll pick that game and three others on the other side of the break. We'll be back with R and R cigars, Reagan. For championships. Throws intercepted Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide welcome the Texas Longhorns to Tuscaloosa. Our coverage begins at 3 on your home for Alabama football. Tide 100.9. Presented by Birmingham Racecourse and Casino. I-459 exit 31. You can be a winner too. Looking for... Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Back on Big Noon Sports, Justin Jones, our executive producer. 
think Noah's hanging around today, too. But uh, you got Lars, you got Matt, and now we've got Reagan. Um, Reagan, uh, from what Lars kept up with, last week you were 2-2 two and two, while yeah. Big Noon Sports was both 4-0. and oh. So I just wanted to get your initial reaction to that, or do we just move on to the picks? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That can't be right because everybody took everybody took Minnesota. No, I took no, no. no. We all we all took Nebraska as a. So how were y'all four and zero there? Because Nebraska covered. Nebraska Nebraska covered Auburn, Alabama, and uh, yeah, Nebraska covered. Hey, you know what? That's a week ago. We'll figure yeah. out that later. We need to get to our picks. Uh, NFL starts tonight, Reagan. And I imagine that uh, you'll have I think, a few oh, people. No, no. I think that we got. I think we have this one wrong. Well, we'll go back and listen to the tape okay. upon further gonna, the review. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm protesting. Okay, uh, and we will. It's duly noted. Uh, let's talk about the and, and you may be because I didn't write it down and I don't think Lars got it all down but we can always go back and actually put it under further so that last week's picks are under further review we'll let Steve Shaw sort it out Lions at the Chiefs Kansas City at home four and a half point favorites what do you think Reagan this is actually supposed to be one of the better NFL games this year which, if you told me that, like, a few years ago, I would have said, the Lions, are you kidding me? Um, it's, it's wild to think that the Lions and Chiefs is supposed to be a good game. Uh, but I, who am I to bet against Patrick Mahomes? I mean, honestly. Really? Right? I mean, I like, Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Uh, my reasoning is the exact same. Ditto. Chiefs. I'm going Lions because uh, I don't think Kelsey is going to play. And uh, I know the Lions are a uh, sexy pick to win their division and, you know, uh, win one playoff game, maybe two. I think Goff is in a really good place. And uh, so I- I'm going Detroit tonight. Interesting selection. Um, the NFL world and, and also, is absolutely by the way, and, with Dan and, Campbell. And, and, and no no Chris Jones for the Chiefs. He is by far and away their most important defensive player. He's holding out. And so you could argue that two of the three most important players for the Chiefs in Kelsey and Jones are not going to be playing uh, tonight. Reagan, Nebraska goes to Colorado, and uh, the Buffs are a three-point favorite. Your call. The Buffaloes are a three-point. Yeah, I'm going to take yeah. Colorado. I I hate it. I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a Dion. I'm not buying into what Dion's saying. Uh, I think they're going to get humbled, and it's going to be awesome to watch. Uh, but Nebraska's not the team to do that. I'm going to go sadly with Colorado. I'm obviously taking Nebraska, and I don't even think it's going to be close. It's going to be a thump, thump, thump. Nebraska wins easily uh, by two touchdowns. Hey, Reagan, didn't we hear this a week ago? 
Oh, hey. there's another yeah. shot at Nebraska. Nebraska, Nebraska covered. Yeah, I, I, I said, I said, bet, I'm, I'm betting my girlfriend. I'm betting my, uh, my kids, my, know. my house. Yeah, Nebraska covered. They, they were, uh, they were getting seven points and they lost by three. It's gonna be. Hey, a I'm bad taking day. the Huskers. We're I'm gonna have the Huskers to, too. <laughs> we're gonna have to get Lars some help on next week's show if he yes. loses his house, his girlfriend, and his oh. kids. Betting on the bracket you know, again. You know, I reckon, you know, you know, the one thing they didn't bet is Charlotte, his dog. So That's right. don't we see where his priorities are? Yeah. Okay. As long as I All got right. my dog, we're good. Hey, yeah. yeah, it's like it's like the jerk, right? I'm, once, oh. I, once I lose everything, I still got my dog. Yeah, she's my. Yeah. She's the only person who really, the only creature that truly loves me. All right. Dog. Dog had a name not suitable for big noon sports. <laughs> yes. Auburn takes. Wait, wait, wait. Who Who are you taking, Matt? Nebraska. Oh, I'm Colorado. taking Nebraska. Uh, I th- okay. They turned the ball over. They beat themselves last week. Yeah. They, they turned t- the they ball over four, four times. So yeah. Anyway. Um. All right, Reagan. Auburn, California. The Tigers are a six and a half point road favorite. California. Why don't we get? Why don't we let the um, the degenerate over here betting his girlfriend and his kids in his house? Why don't we let him lead this one off? <laughs> uh, I'm you, taking. You're taking I'm, a, you know what whipping today from our guest. <laughs> I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking Auburn. Uh, I think uh, that just pure talent is going to prevail, and uh, I like what I saw out of the two quarterbacks for Auburn. Uh, especially Ashford. He's such a weapon uh, in the red zone, and uh, I, I think Auburn wins this one handily. Hey, I'm right in line with him. What do you think, Reagan? Well, this show won't be much fun if everybody is, you know, on the same page. So the game's in California, and, you know, uh, I don't think Tommy Tupperville likes that very much. So, um, wow! I am going to take uh, the tie. I'm going to take the Cal. The uh, yeah, the Golden Bears. Uh, oh. My new. I got a new employee. He's from California. You know, it just seems like an omen that Auburn loses on the road on the West Coast. So you're saying that uh, California fans will be doing poetry after uh, the game? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, what, that's a joke. Uh, yeah, Tommy Tupperville just said so, that. I mean, uh, if it's yeah. Cal, I mean, aren't they in San Francisco? Yes. Yeah, so that they'll probably be doing a lot of other things that uh, <laughs> that probably aren't appropriate for the radio. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so you can check it out on the poop map of San Francisco. The <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Uh, number three, Alabama is hosting number eleven, Texas. The tide is a seven-point favorite. Reagan, break it down. Give us a pick. I I was really confident going into this game, and then Nick Saban apologized to a reporter last night, and it like. <laughs> And it absolutely, like, destroyed all confidence that I had. Um, I don't know Alabama's record when Nick Saban apologizes for anything. 
Um, that would be a good stat that I should probably find out for this weekend show. It's probably zero uh, and zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, it scared me a little bit. Um, but, I, you know, honestly, I, I really think Alabama wins this weekend. I don't think it's close. Um, I just, I, I mean... I think that I think Alabama's real. I think this defense is real. Um, I think that a lot of the changes that were made in the offseason are real. And that was the most vanilla playbook that you could have had on Saturday. I might have gone two and two in the picks. I said 56, 55 to seven. It was 56 to seven. So I was off by a point. Um, I really do think that, though, that that this offense is going to score points. I think this defense is going to give up less points. I'm not really intimidated by Texas. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think, I think Stark's a great offensive coordinator. I don't think that the head coach is what he's, is what he's made for. Um, you know, I think, I, I really do think Bama wins and it's not close. Yeah, um, I hate to fall in line here, but uh, I I would uh, mimic everything you just said, uh, parrot everything you just said. Like, I think Alabama wins pretty pretty handily uh, by at least two, uh, two touchdowns. That's what that that's where I'm going, Matt. Uh, I'm uh, Alabama. I, I think I'm going to actually put a score down here so they can put it on the tide side. 35-24 Alabama. Okay. That oh, I good. think it's like 42 to 17. Wow, you're 17. talking about a butt whipping. Yeah, and, I, I mean, uh, like, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to take a page out of Brian Kelly's playbook and Alabama's going to beat the heck out of that. You know, <laughs> and then I guess you guys can, see, see, look, this is what's cool about the radios now. Brian Kelly says we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State on the radio show. A week later, gets on the radio show and says, no, I never said that. And they're like, hey, we have the audio of you saying that. doesn't matter. Like, gaslighting is now, like, the is you, you literally can gaslight about anything, even when they have the receipt. Uh, and our guests have been funny today. Yeah. That's really good. Hey, Reagan, what what do you got going on on Saturday at, at, at R&R? Well, Friday, we have a cigar event tomorrow night with uh, the people from Foundation Cigars, Upsetters, uh, Tabernacle, Highclere Castle. We're doing that. Um, R&R is not going to be serving any Tito's this weekend. Uh, we will be serving the Yay, Alabama, vodka instead. Uh, that's the Alabama NIL uh, vodka. Um, and we'll have that instead of Tito's because we're not going to support Texas this weekend. Um, and we will be supporting Alabama student athletes instead. So our tailgates at the mansion, no Tito's, only Alabama's vodka, yay, Alabama. Um, and we'll, I think we have the UFC fight Saturday night after the game, too. So when the game's over, come over to R&R, 
should be just in time to watch the uh, UFC card, which is another good card this time. Uh, R&R, tell them the sports. And then Sunday, we have NFL Sunday ticket. You can watch every NFL Sunday game at R&R all, all season long. Hey, tell Randy and the gang we said hey. I absolutely will. I hope you guys have a great weekend and roll tight. We may see Dude, you, Reagan. Tomorrow. Yeah, All yeah, right. we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna be there, Reagan, uh, tomorrow we'll afternoon. Tomorrow. Such a great place to hang out. No kidding. Thanks, Reagan. Um, when we get back, maybe we should talk a little bit. Oh, I know. I've been thinking about this all week. I've got a question for you, Lars. It's called a culture check. Very interesting. Coming up on Big Noon Sports. inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show. Hey everybody, it's Gary Harris. Coming up on Friday, the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show at 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 FM. Fox Sports, Adam Amin plus the Auburn Report from Brett Pritchard and our T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery, Bama Football Trivia giveaway. We're going to give away another great prize and my SEC point spread prediction, so you'll want to join us. Catch the Gary Harris Show Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Weekday mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join us tomorrow for a great edition of the Martin Houston Show where we're going to be talking score predictions, player of the game, Bama wins if, all of that and more right here on your home for Alabama sports. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. The high today, 89. Clear and very pleasant tonight, below 64. And we stay dry tomorrow and Saturday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 85 and 88 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Wow, what a great show. Um, Quick question for you, Lars. Uh, When we were talking with Stan White earlier in the week, Tuesday, which was really a Monday because of Labor Day, I was thinking Auburn flies to California, actually leaving today, as I think he told us, Mm -hmm. or maybe Andy Bertram told us that, but... uh, I don't know that if you can get more extreme on diverse cultures than <laughs> Auburn to Berkeley. Do you think there's a chance that Auburn kind of pulled a team together and said, hey, it's going to be a little different here. Even walking around the hotel, this is not the same as Auburn, Alabama. Or because I, I think they'd be wise to do it. Am I just getting too cross coast here? I think it's possible, 
but um, it's it, you know it's not like you're gonna walk out of the the hotel door in San Francisco and see a guy lighting up a doobie. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, you could uh, certainly dissect the cultural differences between uh, San Francisco and uh, Auburn, Alabama. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just think, Gal- I, I just think, I, I just think, no, I know. I, I actually like it. I mean, it, it, I think it, uh, actually could, it, 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 if I were, uh, a writer going out there and covering this, that would be absolutely something yeah. that I would focus on and, and dig into and, and, uh, and, you know, how important is football at Cal? That'd be the first question I'd want to ask, just like fans and and some of the Cal players, and and uh, I just think uh, we're gonna realize that there is a big disparity in talent uh, between a school that supposedly has been down in the SEC versus a school out in the West Coast. Just think, potentially in a few few years, this game could be played in Dallas. Lars, we are live tomorrow from Innisfree University with their lucky lunches, $9.99 for a meet and three. Also, who's joining us as we start the show? Right at the top of the show at noon, Mayor Walt Maddox, uh, my good friend. Um, I was Walt's speechwriter uh, when he ran for governor in 2018. Uh, He's going to join us and just talk about the logistical challenges facing the city of Tuscaloosa with this massive influx of humanity that is going to occur on Saturday and what uh, the town is doing to prepare for all of that and and much more. Uh, We'll have a lot of fun with Walt Maddox. Yeah, and of course they've got their burgers and fries and salads and all that's going to end up meeting three. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. Last week I got a burger, it's delicious. This week I think I've got to go sub them vegetables. Have a great day, Lars. Thank you all for listening. With Taco Costa.